Through three and four for the final time, and this will be career win number 33 for Brad Keselowski. He's going to win at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And for Jeremy, thank you. Good job, Welcome back to another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first podcast ever about gambling on NASCAR. And we're taking the green flag on another episode here. We're going to start by recapping the New Hampshire race this past Sunday, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. Then we're going to look ahead because there's six races left to the playoffs, and two of them are this weekend. That's right, a doubleheader at Michigan. So we're going to take a look at the money line picks to win the race on Saturday and get into some prop bets, some top 10, some head-to-heads, you know, the whole shebang, just like we always do, and talk about, you know, how we're going to approach Sunday as well. Then at the end, we're going to take a look at the NBC Sports Predictor app and fill one out for Saturday on the podcast as we go through it. I have not looked at it yet, so we'll fill one of those out and discuss those a little bit more. So a jam-packed episode, obviously, and just a jam-packed weekend coming up for NASCAR overall, and that's just the Cup Series. We're not even talking about the trucks or Xfinity or anything else. So really good time to be following the sport. It's really fun. So we'll start by taking a look back at New Hampshire because we did not hit the money line picks to win. Kind of, kind of licking our wounds just a little bit as far as the bets are concerned. So I called out two of the three Penske guys last weekend, and the other one won the race. So that was uh, that stung a little bit more than just missing. You know what I mean? Uh, but Kozlowski won the race. He pretty much dominated the whole time. Logano was really the only guy that we called out. Uh, we called Eric Jones out as our long shot, and he really brought nothing to the table, so that was disappointing. But we were saved a bit by Eric Almarola hitting the top 10, and we hit both prop bets, the, the over-under and the uh, even or odd bet. So that felt good to, to cash in on those. And then head-to-head, it, it's still a fickle group there, the, the head-to-head bunch. We went 2-2 two and two yet again, so kind of broke even there. So Overall, still, you know, coming out on top, but we aren't cashing in like we used to. We haven't hit a money line to win since the All-Star race, and that's too big of a drought for me. So we want to turn things around this weekend. As far as the race overall, I mean, I didn't really think it was that entertaining of a race. Maybe I'm just bitter because we missed our our money line picks to win, but the Jeff Gluck poll, I I like to use that as a barometer, and 73% of the people said it was a good race. So Maybe I'm just uh, you know a little biased because of the bets, but I you know New Hampshire just typically doesn't do it for me, and, and this weekend was uh, not any different. But it seems like the majority of people really liked it, so that's good for NASCAR overall, and and good for the the sports books getting eyes on that sport. The other thing I wanted to call out, I mean obviously Kozlowski really establishing himself at the right time. But someone who is not Kyle Busch. I mean, we said that we were fading him. We took him in a head-to-head, and that kind of killed us. But he was out really before the race even really got started. I mean, it was a few laps in, and his car is already heading to the garage. So what is going on with that 18 car? Are they going to be able to turn it around? They're still within the playoff picture. 
but not what you want to see. You have somebody like Kozlowski who kind of pops his head up and says, yep, we're still here. We're snagging a victory at the right time, heading into the playoffs shortly. And then you got Kyle Busch, who's just the complete opposite end of that spectrum. So very, very interesting to see someone of that caliber go through these struggles like that. But we'll see if he can turn it around this weekend. So overall, New Hampshire, kind of a broke-even type of deal as far as the bets were concerned. I, I just have that bad taste in my mouth. So we want to rebound. And we're going to use Michigan as our springboard to rebound, to send us forward for the rest of the regular season. I'm feeling pretty good about it. I mean, six races left until playoffs. Two of them are this weekend. It, it, four weekends overall left in the regular season because we got another doubleheader coming up in Dover in just a couple weeks. And really, Daytona is the other one. And they're going to the road track and uh, the, the main Daytona Super Speedway. So three racetracks, four weekends, and six races to go. Very crazy schedule in NASCAR. You got to love it, though, when you have multiple races, because if you struggle on Saturday, you can rebound on Sunday. So we're going to talk about our picks in just a bit here. But first, we want to get to the track stats, because that's what we use as a, a way to get started, kind of get our feet wet, understand the racetrack a little bit more. And as always, of course, track stats are sponsored by Sean Boy. You have any numbers situation going on, Excel spreadsheets, you can't figure them out. Sean Boy's your guy. I had somebody reach out to me and say, hey, Phil, how do I get a hold of Sean Boy? My response to that is if you don't know, you don't know. All right. You're not in the know, then you probably aren't ready for a consultation with someone at the caliber of Sean Boy. Okay. Because he can do it all. He'll get you out of your jams. So you got to dig a little deeper, get a hold of him. And, and once you do, you're going to be in good hands with Sean Boy. Use promo code Cougars to get half off your first consultation. And, and maybe he'll throw in a, a little uh, golf consultation as well. Because I, I was with him past couple weeks. And, you know, he's someone who can. Uh, Hit the ball around, and, and maybe he'll drop a, a pick. PGA Championship coming up this weekend. Sean Boy might be able to help you out with your picks for gambling on that. But anyway, reach out to Sean Boy for all of your numbers, needs. Sean Boy, he's our boy. Now, track stats at Michigan, 101 races. I mean, that's a beautiful number because basically any stat or statistic we throw out here, that's the percentage that you know we have at that racetrack. So, for example... How many times has the winner started on the pole? 21 times, so essentially 21% of the time. Last time it happened was last year. Joey Logano in 2019, the first race of 2019, he won from the pole. He's done it a couple times. And uh, starting in the top five, it's happened 60 times. So we talked last week about how New Hampshire was a little bit different in that aspect. Winners starting a little bit further back. Uh, that's not really the case this week at Michigan at this two-mile racetrack, 60 times in the top five. And then starting in the top 10, the winner has started there 76 times. So three-fourths of the time, that's where they're starting from. And we talk about kind of outsiders, maybe jumping up and, and snagging one. They've started, the winner has started outside of the top 20 only seven times in the history of this racetrack. So very odd for that to happen. And uh, I also have been trying to take note on the manufacturer situation. Well, Michigan is definitely a, a different beast because Ford, this is their home track, and it's a huge deal for them. And Ford is on a win streak right now. They have four straight 
wins at Michigan. So that's something to look out for. Now, before that win streak started, Chevy had three in a row, and all three of them were Kyle Larson. So ugh, kind of a, a dirty word to mention these days, but Chevy had three straight, and, and Toyota hasn't had a victory at Michigan since 2015, Matt Kenseth. So it's been a while for them. And we're going to get to the manufacturer conversation a little bit more in the prop bet section. So just hang tight there. But talking about it, I mean, I, I can Ford win five times in a row? That's something that I am going to probably err against. We're going to call out one Ford driver to win, and we'll get to them in a second here. But it's only happened one time in the history of Michigan where a manufacturer, and in this case it was Ford, won five straight times, and it happened in the mid-'90s. But that's it. And there's only been a couple times where a manufacturer has won four times in a row. So if a Ford were to win on Saturday, that would be a huge deal and you know, very crazy number to have happen. So... Other thing I wanted to call out, it's a two-mile racetrack. I, I, trying to draw stats, trying to find different figures to kind of match things that make sense to bet on, I'm looking for anything I can get. And I, I think it's worth comparing Michigan to California just because they're both the only two-mile racetracks on the circuit. They're, the shape of the racetrack is similar. So you're going to hear me call out people's finishes this year in California at Fontana um, throughout this podcast, just because I'm trying to figure out, you know, the best ways to zero in on people to bet on. So something to consider there as well. So let's get into our money line picks to win this race. And again, this is for Saturday's race. We only have the lines for Saturday. They're not going to give us the Sunday lines until, you know, probably after, um, late, late night, Saturday, early Sunday. And I think it's safe to say, though, that, you know, the lines aren't going to move that much depending on, you know, what happens here. Even if a long shot will win, I don't think it's going to throw off the lines too much for Saturday, uh, excuse me, for Sunday. But if you want updates, make sure you follow us at Full Tank Phil. I'll update any money line picks or any top tens that I like after seeing what goes down on Saturday. We can maybe adjust some things on the, the Instagram account and I'll typically like to throw out just wild parlays that the, the books have up and I'll throw something together. So check out the Instagram stories for that. Let's get to it. My first guy that I like this weekend, Saturday, Chase Elliott is the first guy that I'm calling out. He's going off at plus 900. I don't think that makes any sense. He's been here eight times. So eight races, hasn't had a win yet, three top fives, seven top tens out of eight races. So to go off at plus 900, it's not really making too much sense to me. When you dig into the stats a little bit further, Chase, in that nine car, he's first across the board. First in drive rating, 104, excuse me, 100.4. And an average finish, 7.6 is his average finish. That's first in both all-time average finish and the last 10 races for average finish. He's first across the board. Driver rating, average finish, both of them. Big numbers. I mean, he's the stats king this weekend. When you're looking to somebody to bet on, those are the stats that I go to first, and he's 1-1-1 across the board. I look at that typically, and I say, wow, you know, the, the odds aren't going to be there, but they are. Plus 900, that's damn good. So 
he were to snag his first victory at Michigan, now he's a Chevy driver, so you know he's not Toyota, but it would be breaking that Ford streak. But I like that. I mean, Chevy has had success here in the past, so I like it. To start his career at Michigan, Chase had three second-place finishes in a row. And I remember when that was going on, it was kind of like a, a joke or a meme at that point, like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. But I think this is a, a weekend where he could get it done. I mean, if it's definitely not Saturday, Sunday definitely because – he will be at the racetrack, kind of absorbing everything. It, you know, kind of comes to him. He won the second race. It wasn't a double header like back to back nights, but he won the second race at Charlotte when they ran back to back there. So, um, you know, he has a little bit of experience in that, kind of getting to know the racetrack in a short amount of time. He finished fourth at California this year. So that's telling us, you know, two mile racetrack kind of fits that team this year as well as decent stats historically. So because of all those things, Chase just stands out to me. And then you put the, the current lens on it. I mean, he needs more wins. If he's going to make a push, he's going off right now to win the championship, NASCAR Futures bets. He's third in the championship hunt as far as the, the sports books are concerned. And I don't think he's performing to that level. Like I wouldn't take Chase to win the championship right now based on his odds. I think they're like plus 700 right now or plus 650 to win the championship. He's not performing at that level, but I think they want to get there and they're already locked in. They're clearly cruising right now, but they need more wins if they're going to make a push because you need those bonus points. These guys we're talking about, the upper level guys, it's not enough to just have one win these days. You need multiple wins. When you have Denny Hamlin out there racking in five wins or whatever he has, He's going to have that jump on everybody in the playoffs. Guy like Chase, team like that, they're going to need wins. And I think they can pull off of the, the frustration of three straight second-place finishes and, and snag one this weekend at Michigan. So plus 900 is too good for me to pass up on the guy with the best stats. Mark me in. The nine car, Chase Elliott. The next guy that I like is someone that I've called out a few times this year, I called him out last week to win the race just because I, I can't quit him. I've run into guys like this this season and last season where, you know, I keep taking them week in, week out, and I have to keep taking them until they do well for me. Blaney was like that for a while. Now I'm officially kind of cutting ties with him this weekend. Maybe on Sunday. We'll see. But uh, I'm going to go with Joey Logano this weekend. I took him last week. He finished fourth. He was really the, the lone survivor in the picks that we had really fighting at New Hampshire. And this weekend, kind of like Chase, he's in the same situation as Chase for a couple different reasons. First, his odds. He's plus 800 to win on Saturday. So let's look at his last 10 races here. Two victories, four top fives, eight top tens in his last 10 races. That's damn good. He won the Race here last year, the first one at Michigan from the pole. We called that out in Sean Boy's track stats. So, you know, wasn't too long ago that he won a race, and he's got two of them in the last 10. Really good. Fourth in driver rating, 99.6. And last year, he almost had a perfect driver rating when he won from the pole. He, in that race, set the record for most laps led in a race, 163 ever at Michigan. 101 races, most laps led. That's Joey Logano. That's the guy we're taking this weekend at plus 800. In average finish in the last 10 races, he's fourth out of all active drivers. His average finish in that time is 8.9. Really good number. 
And when you look at his lifetime average at Michigan, it's 12.0. So that means it's improving over the last 10 races. More recently, it's up just about three plus positions from 12 to 8.9. So that's really good. That's what we want to see. He's improving and he's a four driver. So, you know, we're kind of hanging our hat on him here as uh, our pick to keep the Ford train going at Michigan. He has the most laps led in the last 10 races. So when you're looking at guys who could keep that Ford streak alive at Ford's home track, have good odds and good stats, Joey Logano is hitting that sweet spot. He's our, our Goldilocks pick right now because you could take Kevin Harvick, but you're going to take him at plus 400, not the odds that I want to win the race. Plus 800 is something I'm comfortable with with these stats. He actually has stats that are pretty much the same as Harvick, if not better in some cases. So Joey Logano, mark it in. And I say he's similar to Chase for the odds, but he's also similar to Chase with the, the real world lens. I mean, he's six in the standings. If you talk about playoff standings, he's fourth. He needs more wins as well. So, you know, it's been a while since Joey has won a race. And you have to think that they are trying to prep for these playoffs. And just like Chase, you're going to need some more bonus points. So they need to go out and, and get something done here in these last six races because you have a racetrack that you're good at. So you got to cash in, got to get stage points, but you need you need to cash in a win here in these last six races. Michigan is a spot where the 22 team can do it. So mark me down, Joey Logano plus 800. So you kind of sense a theme. I'm not taking the favorites, just like you know last week. And I also want to take a long shot. So I'm not going so far out of there where, you know, we talked last week all about Cole Custer and Austin Dillon. They were plus like 6,600. We're not going that far out there. But I am going to go to plus 2,800 in Kurt Busch. All right. So I've taken Kurt a few times this year to win the race as a, a long shot. I think he earlier in the year was like plus 2,000 at a couple tracks, and he's been slowly dropping down the list of you know the different drivers for the odds. So right now he's plus 2,800. I think that's one of the best odds you'll get him at so far this season. His last 10 races here he has one win, three top fives, and five top tens. Now his win came in 2015. So you know the the. 10 races back, he had that win. So it was a little further back, but he is someone that can say that he's been to victory lane at this racetrack recently, if you consider 10 races recent. Last year in the one car, he finished second in that first race at Michigan. So he is someone that, it's not like Jimmy Johnson, where he had success a little while back and, you know, recently, more recently, he's fading away. No, I mean, he, he, got a whole new team in that one car, Chip Canassi, and almost won the race. So something to be said for that. He had a string of three straight top tens that was snapped last fall. So he had that second place finish, and then right after he finished in the 20s, something happened in that race. It was, you know, not great, but that snapped a, a three straight race streak of top tens. So I think he's going to bounce back. His driver rating is eighth out of all drivers, 91.5. In his last 10 races, his average finish is sixth out of all drivers, 9.8. So well within that top 10 mark. And we want to use California this year, the, the Fontana racetrack. He finished third there. 
earlier this year before the pandemic hit. So if you're talking about long shots, which is what we're saying, he's someone that has the the history, the background, the ability to go and, and steal one at Michigan this weekend. Maybe not Saturday, maybe Sunday, who knows. But if plus 2,800 is, is too big of a long shot for you, how about just plus 700 to finish top three? I mean, he's done that. Or if you just want to focus on top 10s, I know we'll talk about top 10s in a second, but he's plus 105 to finish in the top 10. That seems like a lock to me, but I like him to you know, win the race. I throw some little amount of cash down on him because you're spreading it out amongst a few different guys. Kurt Busch, plus 2,800. Lock me in for him. I think this is a, a racetrack that they could win at, and they're trying. They're within the playoff picture as well, but they would love a, a victory and, and some bonus points to go off of as the playoffs start up. So lock it in. So just to recap my picks to win the race at Michigan, we're going with some some better odds instead of the favorites. Chase Elliott plus nine hundred, Joey Logano plus eight hundred, and Kurt Busch as our long shot plus twenty eight hundred. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. So next up, we're going to get into some prop bets, and this has really been our saving grace recently because we've been on fire with our top 10 picks and our true prop bets. So let's start with the top 10s because how can we start this section without talking about Eric Almirola? He's been our boy recently. We said that we were just going to keep picking him until he did not finish in the top 10. He's got a string of nine straight top 10 finishes in a row. And when we started this streak, he was going off at like plus 150 to finish in the top 10. It was Miami Homestead, I think, that he had his first top 10. It was like a third place finish there. And ever since then, things have been going up for that 10 car. And now the sports books have gotten wise to us because he's going off at minus 195. Typically, I would not like this at all, but I've made a commitment that I'm just going to stick with it. Now, it's going to be a little tougher this week to stick with the 10 car at that number because his numbers here, his stats, his history are not great. One top 10 in nine starts here. He finished seventh in 2018. So it's an interesting concept because are the sports books only considering the, the hot streak that he's on right now and not considering kind of how bad he's been at this racetrack? It's kind of unfair that they're giving us this number of minus 195. I think he should be going off maybe like minus 115 because that takes into consideration his struggles here, plus the hot streak he's on currently. But the number is what it is, minus 195. It's a, it's a steep number, but I'm still taking it because I made that commitment. We got to ride him until he you know lets off the gas. We got to get creative here. I mean, with all of these prop bets. So Almirola minus 195 is the number. And hopefully, you know, he can replicate what he saw in, in 2018 and, and finish top 10. At that point, it was seventh, but it doesn't really make sense to do this. So if you want to fade me on this one, I would not blame you, but I'm, I'm going to keep going with that 10 car. Now, I say we want to get creative because last week I had a lot of picks. We had Almirola, we called out Newman and Kenseth, guys that, had great history at New Hampshire. They had great odds. It made total sense to call them out, and the other two guys really let us down. It's just not working for them. So I'm thinking we kind of change it up a little bit, and we, we simply look at guys who 
have decent odds, and it doesn't matter if they have awesome history at the racetrack. So I'm going to start getting creative a little bit, going with William Byron and the 24 team. He's going off at plus 145, so you're good odds there to finish in the top 10. He's only been here four times. He has one top 10 finish, and that was eighth the last time we were here. So last trip around, top 10 finish. We want to keep that going. It's kind of a shot in the dark. I mean, he's proving that he gets better each time. So looking at the last three times, he finished 36th, 18th, and then 8th. So hopefully, you know, they're just building to a, a better finish this time. I feel like Hendrick as a camp, has the ability to have all of their cars in the top 10 at this racetrack. Um, as a camp, I think Hendrick is is pretty solid here. Overall, I mean, wins may not be, you know, pouring in, but overall, I think they can, you know, put it together. And that 24 car, we talk about jumping up and stealing one, you know. We're not talking Cole Custer or Austin Dillon here. We're just saying top 10 finish for the 24. That's all we need. Chad Knauss. Crew chief now for William Byron. It's his birthday this week, so you know on uh, Wednesday. So maybe they'll get a little birthday magic. The the younger driver, the veteran crew chief, the combination of everything, good odds. I'm gonna throw some money down on the 24 this weekend. I, I just have a good feeling about it. So more gut than anything, but I'm going with it. Then somebody else who a little bit less gut than William Byron, more so just the visual and, and what you're seeing, the performance, and it's Tyler Reddick. So plus 175 to finish in the top 10. So better odds for you as the gambler than William Byron. He's a rookie, so we don't have any cup stats to go off of, but he finished 10th last week, so he's got a little bit of momentum on his side. I mean, we keep talking about Reddick just continually doing well, finishing in the top 10 you know, multiple weeks now. And I think he's really making a push for a rookie of the year. Custer has the win. He's the only rookie to have a win. But Reddick is more consistent week in and week out in that eight car, which is not something I would have predicted. So uh, looking back at his three Xfinity starts, he won at Michigan last year in 2019. So you have that going for you. He's got you know that to pull from. Two top tens in those three starts. It was a first a 7th and a 13th place finish the first time he came here in Xfinity. Looking at California and Fontana this year in 2020, he finished 11th, so he just missed out on that top 10, two-mile uh, two racetrack there. Solid odds for this guy. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. If you're searching, if you'd like to avoid the, the favorites and giving up a lot of money and a lot of value, you know, you want to avoid the Denny Hamlins and the Chase Elliotts and the, the Ryan Blaney's to finish in the top 10. You're looking for these more like outliers. Tyler Reddick, to me, is not an outlier. He's he's someone who will be there, and he'll make that race interesting for you in this bet. So I like it. He's my last top 10 pick, and hopefully we're going to cash in for some big money here. So Almarola, minus 195. Byron, plus 145. And Reddick, plus 175 are the top 10 picks. So now let's get into some true props, and we're going to call out a, a couple things that, you know, interesting to me. So we want to look at odd or even. We hit this bet last weekend, and it was kind of a, an easy one, and it looks to be pretty easy again. Odd or even, the even is going off at minus 210. So when you see that, you're like, what is the deal with this? The last time an odd number car won the race was 2015 
Kurt Busch when he was driving the 41 car for Stuart Haas Racing. That's 10 races ago. So, I mean, the even makes sense. So I'm going to be throwing some money down on the even, even though it's a, a wild number, minus 210, to give up. It's clearly working. So why mess with something if it's working? Then we're looking at over-unders. 10.5 is the number. Last week it was uh, 11.5, I believe. And the week before that it was 12.5. So they're really kind of tweaking us here. And the over is minus 167. I hate that. So I'm going to go with the under. lot stronger cars with those unders. Plus 125. I mean, do I have to run through the the strength of those cars down there? I mean, you have Kurt Busch, Kozlowski, Austin Dillon, Kevin Harvick. You have, well, Ryan Newman has been a, a nobody, but Tyler Reddick, not going to win the race, but Chase Elliott and Eric, Al, excuse me, Eric Almirola. All guys that could get it done for you. I think the main stat there is Kevin Harvick uh, and, and Brad Kozlowski. Those are the big hitters there for under 10 and a half, but still, I mean, I like the one with the better value in that case. So mark me down for the under 10 and a half. So now I want to quickly get into some manufacturer conversation because there's two things on here that I found interesting. The first was top car by manufacturer. So this is where you can pick a guy to finish ahead of everybody else driving that same type of vehicle. And I want to focus on Toyota because they're kind of the ugly duckling here. I mean, we called out the fact that they haven't had a win since 2015. Uh, looking at, so there's really only five guys that you really need to worry about. And it's the, the Joe Gibbs camp and Christopher Bell. So looking at the pattern, we had, you know, last three races, Kyle, Truex, and Denny all were the top Toyotas. So if you like patterns, you would say, well, it's Eric Jones's turn to lead the camp and lead the manufacturer's way. Eric Jones is going off at plus 800 to be the best Toyota. That's a really good number. Like if you don't like him to finish first to win at plus 3,300 or whatever crazy odds he's going off at, how about plus 800 just to beat essentially three or four other guys on the track? Now, they're arguably the best guys in the circuit, but you never know. I mean, anything could happen. Those are pretty decent odds, and he's not horrible here. I mean, he finished third in 2017. That's what you're looking for, and that was when he was driving the 77 car. He finished 10th this season at California, so that's a top 10. And top 10, I mean, 10th, 7th, those are numbers that could get you to the highest Toyota driver. Uh, I think typically recently they've been up around like the three to five mark. Can you see Eric Jones being third to fifth? Maybe, maybe. I mean, he finished third in 2017, so it's possible. Uh, I just think the value is pretty solid there. I mean, when you're looking at a top car per manufacturer, he seems to be like a, a really good pick because you don't have to beat that many other guys, no matter how strong they may be. So mark me down. It's a, it's a weird one, but I like it. Plus 800 for Eric Jones top Toyota driver. Now, they have the prop bet out there to just pick the winning manufacturer. And this is where we have the ability to take advantage of the sports books because I, this is where I wish I had kind of a, a presentation I could present to you. I'm going to do my best to narrate this scenario, but hopefully you can pick up what I'm putting down here. So Ford is going off at minus 106 
compared to the other uh, manufacturers, Toyota is plus 175 and Chevy is plus 315. So, you know, maybe you're a Chevy fan. Hey, there's some good value there. But I want to just worry about if you're going to bet on Ford, you have, let's say, 10 bucks to spend, right? Just a, a real throwaway bet. If you're going to spend $10 on Ford, do not place your money on this prop bet, Ford minus 106. What you want to do is take that $10 and break it into $5 each and throw $5 on Stuart Haas Racing, which is going off at plus 265, and Penske plus 250 because you'll get better value overall for that $10 because those are the, the two guys that have the ability to, to win the race. So that's where you want to place your money. I, we talk about this, how they kind of have it messed up with Toyota a little bit a lot of the times because the value for Joe Gibbs is better than it is for Toyota overall. So look into that on race day or you know as we get closer to the racetrack, it might be a little bit different, but do the math there and make sure you're placing your bets the right way because minus 106 for a manufacturer, I haven't seen that for as long as I've been doing this podcast, which is about a year now. So that's wild. I mean, that's a wild stat. I just like taking the teams better than the, the overall manufacturer in that scenario. So those are the prop bets for this week. And we really need to stay hot in this area because it's been propelling us to some, some good numbers overall when all else fails. So mark them down and we'll cash in. We're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. So now let's jump into most people's favorite part of the podcast, the head-to-head section. So what this is, if you're new to the podcast, this is where we're going to take a look at the matchups that the sportsbooks have put together, driver versus driver, and they've set odds on those matchups. And we're going to dive deep into four different matchups and pick winners. So to win the matchup, you have to pick the driver that's going to finish ahead of the guy that he's going up against. So there's a lot of good matchups so far, and, and what I've noticed now, since sports have been kind of fully back with NHL, MLB, NBA, really back in full swing here, it's taking the sports books a little bit longer to get these head-to-head matchups out to begin with, and then the initial wave of matchups that we're looking at today, it actually expands a little bit further come race day. So on Friday night, maybe Saturday morning, I think you might see a few other matchups in there that weren't there when the lines came out. But seeing a bunch of options here, and I, you know, I like a, a couple of the guys that we talked about for the top tens. You know, Reddick versus Custer. You know, uh, Jones versus Boyer. Byron versus Bowman. I'm not going to talk about those. I'm going to, you know, probably save them maybe for uh, for an Instagram. Later this week, I'm going to think more on those, but I got four that I like, and we'll work our way up to kind of the, the main events here. So we're going to start with Matt DiBenedetto versus Christopher Bell. Now, we took Matty D last week, and he won us a head-to-head matchup last week. He's going off as the favorite right now, minus 134 over Christopher Bell's plus 100. Now, a lot of times I like to look for the underdogs in these matchups because it's so hard to you know, beat another driver head-to-head. So a lot of times you look for the value. But this week, actually, the theme is kind of chalk. That's what I'm going for here. So this is an interesting dynamic in this matchup. Sportsbooks are clearly doing this on purpose because of 
Levine Family Racing selling their charter, selling their race shop altogether. They're closing down, which is a sad deal because everyone seems to love that guy, Bob Levine. And it's even more interesting because last year, DiBettadetto was driving the 95 car, doing pretty well, especially around this time. Like, I think Bristol, he had a, a big race. And um, after he found out that he was going to be getting kicked to the curb for the newcomer, Christopher Bell. So, Levine Family Racing, they were getting money from Toyota. And Toyota was saying, hey, Christopher Bell's the guy. We talked about it a lot on the podcast last year. And now... Matty D is in the Penske-affiliated Wood Brothers car in the 21. Christopher Bell is in that 95 seat. And now Christopher Bell is kind of looking for a job already because that race shop is shutting down. So very weird dynamic, very sad situation because, you know, that 95 has been a good placeholder for a lot of drivers over the years. So kind of sucks to see that. But let's take a look at the stats between these two guys. So DiBenedetto... Not good numbers at this racetrack. His best finish is 20th, and it was the last time he raced here, the the second race in Michigan last year. His average finish is dismal. 29.0 is his average finish. But if you want to look at some positives for DiBettadetto, last four races he's been moving on up. So 36th, 24th, 21st, and then finishing with a 20th last year. So that was his 2018 and 2019 stats. So improvement. And then we're comparing California to Michigan a little bit this year as just kind of a a side factor. He finished 13th earlier this season before the pandemic hit. So something to kind of look at there as another positive check mark if you're trying to get those. Now, Christopher Bell, he's a rookie. And a lot of times this season, when we're looking at rookies in these head-to-head matchups, I like to look at what they've done in the lower series, Xfinity and Trucks. So that's what we're doing here. And a lot of times, I'm seeing that the rookies did great at these racetracks. But I'm not. that's not jumping off the page to me. Xfinity has been here twice, 13th and 11th were his two finishes. And then in the Trucks, he had his best finish career, which was second uh, in 2017 for the trucks and his other truck start, he finished 24th. So not jumping off the page to me, he finished dead last at Fontana earlier this year, which is, you know, something to kind of think about there. Not a positive thing by any means. So the other thing about it is the distractions for, for Christopher Bell. I mean, what's going through that race shop this week. I mean, they know that they're going to continue for the rest of the year. Bob Levine was trying to give these workers, the the crew members, Christopher Bell, the opportunity to kind of project themselves out there ahead of time so they could get new jobs next year. But that's distracting. Everybody's not thinking about this weekend coming up and there's two races to worry about. So the season for 2020, Matt has the lead 13-7. With all of that being said, even though Matt's numbers aren't great here, Christopher Bell being a rookie, having his you know rookie car being taken away from him next year, a lot of distractions. Matt's doing better this season. Give me the 21 car over the 95 on Saturday and Sunday to boot. I mean, if that matchup's still available, I'll take it there. But even though he's going off at minus 134, I like it. So, DiBettadetto, mark it down. Next matchup, I think this one is a bit of a layup, but I, I could be wrong. So... Matt Kenseth versus Austin Dillon. They're both going off at minus 115. Interesting matchup here because it's a battle of numbers versus the battle of your season. So what I mean by that is Kenseth's got decent numbers at this racetrack. 
He hasn't been here since 2018, so there's something to be said there. And his solid numbers are kind of surface level. So what I mean by that, in his last 10 races, one win, two top fives, two top tens. If we're talking about all-time average finish, Kenseth is up there. He's third all-time average finish with an 11.3 average finish, but his numbers start to go down the more you look at him more recently. So, you know, his, his solid finishes really came a, a while back, 2015. And if you zero in on his uh, 2018 and 2017 starts, 33rd and 24th were his last two starts here. So solid numbers historically way back when, but recently not great. And he hasn't even been here in a couple years. So a lot going on there with that 42 camp, plus the fact that they have just not performed well. We, we took him last week to finish in the top 10 because of everything that the stats were telling us about him and New Hampshire, and they did not perform like we wanted them to. They, they did not cash in for us, so I'm a little bit bitter. So he's going up against Austin Dillon, even money. Austin, looking at his last 10 races, two top fives, four top 10s, and those two top fives were a pair of fourth place finishes kind of sporadically in that 10 race period. Average finish in the last 10 races is ninth best out of all active drivers at 13.0. And when we're looking at his average finish all time at Michigan, it's good enough for 10th out of all active drivers, which is 16.0. So what we're seeing there is he's good compared to his colleagues all time and more recently, and his stats all time get a little bit better when you look at the last 10 races. So that's what we want to see improvement. 2020 head-to-head matchup. Austin has the advantage 10 to 6 over Kenseth. The 42 is just not getting it done. So that's why I kind of feel this is a little bit of a, a layup here because Kenseth struggling on all accounts, not putting out the finishes that they wanted. What's going on with that 42 car next year? They're in negotiations, trying to sign free agents. Silly season is already upon them. How are they going to, you know, put together a package to to sell a driver on coming to that 42 team when Kenseth is performing like this. Then you look at the other side, Dylan's playoff bound, baby. I mean, he's in. They're just tweaking things, getting things better, trying to get some more playoff points. You'll probably see them stay out for a stage win or two. So, hey, mark me down, Austin Dillon, in this matchup. I would say this is the lock. Even though this is the most even, according to the odds, I like the three car here over the 42. Now we're going to get into a little bit of a higher profile matchup. And, I mean, this is kind of a co-main event. I don't know which one to go with first. So we're just going to go with the Penske boys. The Ryan Blaney versus Brad Keselowski. So Brad coming off of his win at New Hampshire. Blaney took him to win last week. Kind of let us down a little bit. So Penske brethren here. Looking at Brad Keselowski first, he's going off at minus 139 compared to Blaney's plus 105. And he just signed a big-time contract extension with Penske. That takes Brad off the free agent market. It locks him in. He's staying at Penske because there was a lot of question marks around him. Is he going to be going over to Hendrick? You know, what? what's he going to do? Does Penske even want to sign him? Would Blaney take over the two-car? There was a lot of rumors being thrown around out there, and it has to feel good for Brad to lock that in and that whole two-crew they know who their driver is for you know an extended period of time now. So they've got that closed. It's at Michigan, Ford's home track. They just got to feel good about everything that's happening there. Now, looking at his stats, 
at Michigan. He finished 19th last year, but before that he had three top 10 finishes. So kind of ended that streak and he's got decent numbers here in his last 10 races, three top fives, seven top tens. His average finish out of all active drivers is fourth in the last 10 races. That's good enough for 8.8 on average. And his driver rating is fifth. So he's got great stats. Looking at Blaney, a lot less sample size here in his last 10 races, two top fives, four top tens. And his average finish though, I mean, when you first hear two top fives, four top tens, you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty good. But his average finish is 15.5. That's not great. He also had a bad finish last year, which knocked out a three race streak of finishing in the top 10. He finished 24th in his last race at Michigan, and he had three top 10s right before that. The back and forth here, I mean, Blaney's not up in the top 10 in any of the, the normal stats that we look at. So like driver rating or average finish, he's not there. So that was leaning me towards Brad to begin with. And then I wanted to look at their head-to-head -head matchup when they were both on the same track at Michigan, and it's not even close. Nine to one Brad Lock me in. I'll take the favorite in this one. Minus 139. It, that's that's telling. Now, coming off a win, coming off a big contract extension, are they fat and happy? Maybe they're not going to you know, play as hard, but I think that whole Ford camp gets a talking to every time they go up to Michigan. So I think they're all going to be driving the, the wheels off of those cars. Uh, Blaney having a good season, but I, I think Brad is just the guy here at this track. So the two car over the 12 is my pick in that matchup. And so now we will end it with a matchup that we had last weekend with Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. We looked at these guys in last week's episode and I chose Kyle Busch over Truex. I mean, there was a lot of reasons why I was feeling confident in it, but Bush, obviously, like we talked about earlier, just completely shit the bed at New Hampshire and cost us that pick. So a little bit of revenge afoot here. Looking at the odds, they've completely flip-flopped from last week. So a week ago, Kyle Busch was the heavy favorite in this matchup. Now things are completely different. Truex is the favorite, minus 134 to Kyle Busch's plus 100. So it's a redo. And let's take a look at Kyle first. This is just not his best track. I don't know how else to put it. Last 10 race, he has three top fives, six top tens, which is pretty good. But his average finish is 14.8. That's not good enough to be in the top 10 out of all active drivers. But he's had some pretty solid finishes lately. Sixth, fifth, third, and fourth. All right. Those were his 2019 and 2018 races at Michigan. So that's pretty good. That makes you say, hey, maybe it is worth taking Kyle. Truex, on the other hand, no wins in his last 10 races, but five top fives, six top tens. His average finish in the last 10 races is 8.5. That's good enough for third in the circuit. So only two other guys are better than him, according to average finish in the last 10, at Michigan. So there's something to be said for that. And since he joined the 19, so two races last year in 2019, he had a finish of third and fourth. So he's improving. I mean, you look at his average finish all time, it's 11.7. Then you zero in on the last 10 races, 8.5. That's what we want to see. So they're pretty even. I mean, the odds are saying Truex. They're, they're marking him as the favorite. But the recent history would tell you that they're pretty straightforward. I mean, it's pretty even. But then you look at head-to-head -head matchup at Michigan, mano y mano, and Truex has the 7-3 lead at Michigan. So I'm going to go with Truex here. 
Got to go with the favorite. I got to get some revenge on Kyle for screwing me over last week. It just makes the most sense. It's a big time matchup, and we're gonna we're gonna flip it just like the odds are flipping. We're gonna flip it. So that's the pick. 19 over the 18. Lock it in. So just to recap, and I'm definitely because they're all favorites. I'm definitely parlaying all four of these together, and I really feel like. This is the week where we're going to get this parlay. We're trying to hit it every week. It's almost impossible to hit parlays in NASCAR uh, uh, with four different matchups. But I feel it this week. So we're going to go Matt DiBenedetto, minus 134 over Christopher Bell. Austin Dillon, minus 115 over Matt Kenseth. Martin Truex Jr., minus 134 over Kyle Busch. And Brad Keselowski, minus 139 over Ryan Blaney. Lock it in and let's get it done. Finally, this week, we're going to talk about the fact that the schedule has kind of changed over from Fox to NBC. And that means that we have a new app that we are able to bet on for free. And it's NBC's take on gambling without really calling it gambling. So... It's the NBC Sports Predictor app. And for the record, I just have to say, when the schedule does change over, it really really hurts because I love Fox's broadcast so much. I've really, Mike Joy is just the best. Grown to really love Gordon in the booth with him, but Larry McReynolds is my absolute favorite. So it really does hurt when they switch over to NBC. I'm really trying to like them more. Dale Jr. is a a breath of fresh air there. I I enjoy listening to him, but it, it is tough to replace Larry Mack with Rutledge Wood or whatever that loser's name is. That's tough. That's tough to deal with. But in any case, it's a new app, and we're Fox Bet is what we did earlier in this season on the podcast. We filled out one of those live on the podcast as we were recording, and now Fox Bet no longer offers an option for NASCAR because it's not their part of the season. NBC Sports picking right up where they left off last year, so they have the ability to bet on golf and Premier League and NFL when it's going, and NASCAR. So it's a $10,000 jackpot to hit. So we're going to fill one out, talk a little bit about who the drivers are they have in each section, and you know see how it goes. Talk about what we like about it, what we don't like. So going to hit play now here, trying to win ten grand. You guys will be a part of that. So the first thing that they ask you is, okay, so it looks like it has you just answering a simple question. Who's going to have the best stage one finish? And it only gives you four guys to pick from. So Eric Almirola, Alex Bowman, Cole Custer, or Tyler Reddick. So I'm going to go with Eric Almirola from what we were saying earlier before. I mean, I think he's going to be up front, starting towards the front. So, um, typically giving a a better option compared to those other guys who would probably be starting towards the back. So Almirola is my stage one pick. Now, same thing for stage two. Who will have the better stage two finish? Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, or Martin Truex Jr.? Okay, that's a little bit tougher than the first one. Uh, I will say Ryan Blaney because I think he's been doing well lately on the stage points and the stage wins. He's been up towards the front, especially stage two, once he gets the track underneath him a little bit. So we'll go with Blaney on that one. Now, final stage. Who do we like to win the race? Kyle Busch, or sorry, who's going to have a better stage, final stage finish is what they're asking. Not necessarily who's going to win the race, which is a big difference. It's a good distinction to make. 
Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, or Joey Logano. So the fact of the matter is, out of these guys, one of them you'd expect to probably win the race. So because of what we called out earlier, I'll go with Logano and kind of stick to our guns there. So that was pretty easy until we get to this part. So now it's saying race results. So I, I knew that was too good to be true because I'm thinking that's that's quite easy. You have to pick the top three finishers in order, which is almost impossible. So we'll take a shot here, uh, kind of going off of what we talked about on this podcast. So I'll say, uh, let's go with, let's go with Chase. We'll say Chase is going to win the race and maybe Logano finishes second. And let's throw a random guy in there finishing third. How about, um, let's see, going through the list here. Sorry for this is bad radio here, but we'll go with, uh, let's go with Hamlin. Because he's a solid driver overall, having a great season. So that part is tough, I'll, I'll tell you that. And after that, that's it. Submit your pick. So that really started off pretty easy and ended very hard. I think that is probably harder than the Fox Bet Free app. But in either case, we are confirmed with our picks for the jackpot this weekend. I think you can actually win more money with Fox Bet, but I don't know if this is a, a roll-up type of deal where um, you know you have to build up the jackpot for NBC. But $1,000 will be paid out to the top picks regardless of any jackpot winner. So that's good to know. But Overall, I think this app is tougher. This whole thing, I mean, it's free to play. It's nice. It's a good, like, dipping your toe in the water type of deal if you're not someone who typically loves gambling and you want to sort of get into it. But I, I really feel like this is the prereq to these networks and NASCAR going all in on a sports book of their own. So um, Fox has already done that with a, a actual sports book, but this is uh, it's good progress. So. We'll see how we do. Maybe we'll uh, come out with some money and, and we'll talk about it next week. All right, so we're going to be taking the checkered flag for yet another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. We've got two races, not one, but two, this week in Michigan. So the standings are going to look different after this weekend and our bank accounts are going to look different after this weekend because we are going to cash in. Remember, follow us on Instagram for any updates for the Sunday race. Get ready for the Daytona Road Course next weekend. Drive fast, take chances, and we will see you next time. Go.